So that's the singer Wendy New, and the song is I Am The Soul. And in fact, it's the choice of our guest presenter. We're doing something slightly different today. We are talking to Damon Berry. If you've ever watched Takalani Sesame and you've watched that little character of Neno, who is a kind of like the South African version of Elmo, but sometimes much better, then you'll know exactly who Damon Berry is. And he is in the studio with us. We're looking at uh, many years, 12 seasons, in fact, of Takalani Sesame. People have grown up with that program. They started when they were kids and uh, now they're adults watching it and maybe their own kids are watching it as well. New season of Takalani Sesame and we've got Damon Berry in the studio. Good evening. Hello. <laughs> good morning. Happy Heritage Day weekend and things. Wow. Happy Heritage Day weekend to you. Damon, that was your, your wife singing. So. Yes. Uh, you know, and uh, when you asked me to choose some music uh, for the show, I thought I'd better choose my wife so at least I get to score some points when yeah. I go home. But <laughs> that's not the reason why I chose that song. The reason why I chose that song is because it's uh, the song that has meant the most to me in my life. It's a, a wonderful song. It's called I Am The Soul. Uh, it was played at our wedding. It was played when our daughter was born. Uh, I'll yeah. never forget the memory of my wife holding my baby and singing I Am The Soul to her right <gasps> there. It was the first thing I, our daughter heard. Uh, also at, at sadder occasions, at uh, in funerals, we've played that song. So in a way, that song is like the song of my life. It threads its way through your life. Absolutely. Damon, take us right back before we even go to um, uh, the character of Neno and before we go to Takalani Sesame, take us right back to early days for you, um, childhood for you. I mean, to, to kind of end up with something like Neno and be involved mm. in it for years and years and years means it's like really become a focus. And I'm interested in who the person was before yeah. you got there. So I, I grew up in a, this uh, wonderful little town called Sasselberg. Do you know where Sasselberg yes. is? Yeah, it's about <laughs> like 45 minutes from Joburg. Um, but it's in the top of the free states and it's yeah. an industrial town. And I grew up there uh, and... <laughs> uh, and kind of just did the things that kids do, you know, go play in the felt. Uh, but what's interesting is that when you look back, you can see all the connecting points. And yeah. the case in point, my our washing machine broke down the one day and my dad said, okay, let's not throw this thing away. Why don't we turn it into something? How about a puppet theater? So my dad converted this shell of a washing machine mm. into a, a puppet show. And I was giving my, my family uh, puppet shows on Sundays. It was like a ritual, <laughs> if you can believe that. Yeah. And now that I've been involved in Takalani Sesame for so many years, I look back and go, there it was. It was right there. I had a passion for it, even though I didn't know it. So let's talk. I mean, I know you from the very early days of Takalani Sesame. Uh, in yeah. fact, when Takalani Sesame came into South Africa. For Impossible, the first time, because you look so young. I know. You but couldn't so have do been you. there at the start. <laughs> was your but sister. It, what was amazing about that was that, at, in fact, you guys were working on, there was Takalani Sesame, which was uh, TV, but there was also Takalani Sesame, which was radio. And they, there was a whole kind of reversioning and rethinking. And one of the things that I've always thought about when I've thought about Takalani Sesame as a narrative or as a story is that it's about reversioning. It's not simply taking 
the Muppets from Sesame Street and plonking them into South Africa. We've really had to engage very differently with our stories and in ways that made sense. Talk to us about those early days of thinking around that. Oh, man, you put your finger on it. You're actually giving me, I don't know if you can see in the studio light, you're giving me goosebumps here <laughs> uh, because it's so, so true. The One of the successes for the show is the fact that it's been able to address the different needs of society. Yeah. And the show is just amazing in the sense that it never goes in uh, saying we have this thing and we're going to give it to you. It's always the starting point is always where is the country? Where's the needs? So when yeah. we started, you know, a lot of uh, I was originally cast in 1999, if, if you can't believe that. Yeah. I was 24 years old, right? Yeah. And, uh, and when we started that first uh, two seasons of the show, it was about getting the country together. It was about cohesion, yeah. social cohesion. Then uh, when we came to season three, it was about addressing the HIV AIDS pandemic. Uh, and we interviewed, uh, we introduced the HIV positive character at that time, Cami, yeah. in order to help with that uh, and deal with social issues. Then, uh, you know, moving on into the show from uh, 2010 onwards, we were kind of focusing on literacy. We realized that the kids are falling behind on literacy. So it is about addressing literacy and coming now all the way to the current season. We're now at uh, season 13 yeah. and we are addressing social and emotional learning. You know, kids have been through so much during the pandemic. And yeah. there is a, there's a huge need to address their social and emotional learning. So uh, our current show is about big feelings. How did, I mean, you know, one would think, okay, you were, you were 20, what, 24, you said? 24, yeah. 24 when you started, when Damon uh, wait, I'm, became... I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing Elmo. Maybe I should say I was 24 and a half. Because my character, <laughs> my character is three and a half years old, so and has remained three and Strangely, a half. Strangely, I don't know why and how, but it's some form of some form of magic. He's still three and a half, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but if if we look at that and if we start to say, okay, all of those years, what's happened as well is you've grown older, but you've also become more in tune, I suppose, mm. with the issues of you know the socio political issues, the issues of um, the the social justice issues that that in fact a children's narrative uh, addresses how has that impacted on you and your world and the kind of things that you think about and work about because you're in fact now even writing scripts for it as well yeah yeah um I can really be honest with you because I'm I'm an actor, right? So mm. I've done I've done multiple film and t TV roles, and I've done some <laughs> weird and wonderful things in my career. Mm. But um, the amazing thing is that Takalani Sesame is the only show that has been transformative and has transformed me spiritually. Uh, and you know, the, the way I see the world is heavily in, informed by the show. So I've been very, very fortunate to to be going on this journey with some amazing creatives yeah. and learn everything from multiple languages to uh, to about cultural things about our country. And in in a way, it's taught me how to be a South African. Wow. And, and I just I love I just love that. Yeah. And that's sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there yeah. because that's the thing about Taki. The power of it is it's not a fluffy television show. There is depth there. There's soul there. Yeah. We care about the show. We care about these characters. Tell us about that character. I mean, it is, as you say, based on Elmo. His name is Neno. But if I, if I remember correctly and I stand to be corrected, you guys are not allowed to just be the voice unless you 
in the puppet mode. Well, it, it kind of changed. You know what? It, it's, it's changing. It's changing. Yeah. And this interview is actually kind of an anom anomaly for me. And normally, um, I don't get interviewed about this kind of thing. Uh, so this is this is a new territory for me. So because give, normally it would be Nena who would be interviewed. Yes, uh, we're calling uh, my character is Elmo, and his nickname is Neno. Yeah. But uh, I did just just to give you a taste of him. I did bring him with me in the studio. Uh, Elmo, will you just come talk to us quickly? Elmo's <laughs> um, over here. No, but but you got to come over here. Elmo, come come over here. We must have come here. Yep. Talk into the microphone. Uh, hello, Mr. Microphone. <laughs> um, you are listening to SAFM, <laughs> the station that gives you some elation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was only three and a half years old, but he shouldn't know the word elation, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Elmo. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm just thinking, Damon? You know, there's was this, this idea of play. Yes. Okay, and how we play, and as we get ad become adults, we often forget how to play. Oh, that is so true. It's uh, so true. And it's one of the wonders of being a parent, right? Yeah. And having a kid yourself. Yeah. You know, is that you tap into that sense of play. It's so important. But do you feel that when you uh, get uh, Elmo and the guys around, that it is very playful? Oh, 100%. It's, uh, I, and I don't know how, but my character is three and a half years old, and we tap into that. And the rest of the cast, too. It is the most amazing thing to see <laughs> our cast being playful, just like children. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's a trick to kind of keep that door open to yourself because – and it's one of the harder things for the show because mm. me, Damon Barry, I have a lot of baggage. I'm an adult. Mm. I can get uh, very carried away with my own personal issues. I can be scrolling on my phone. I can be doom scrolling, feeling quite helpless about the state mm. of the world. But yet, as soon as I go into working on Takalani Sesame, this door opens for me and I become so positive and joyful. And it's, it's just an incredible thing to see adults playing. Did you learn something from your three-and-a-half-year-old when she was three-and-a-half-year-old? Oh, Did, so much. I just stole yeah. things left, right, and center. I'm like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Let's go to the technical stuff of it. because and, yes, and, and as I please say, do, yeah, because, yeah, because people don't understand how we do the it, show. It is profoundly difficult. I mean, I'm trying to think which actor it is that has to freaking get into that huge, big... Okay, so we have... This is the thing. A lot of people assume uh, that we actually get into our costumes and that we walk around in the costumes. But there's one character who there's does. There's one actor who does that, and his name is Lindani Nkosi. Yes. Amazing actor. Uh, you may know him from uh, playing the character Lincoln, right? That's right, in yeah. So he... Uh, <laughs> he does mushe, so he gets zipped into the suit. He has um, he has a little monitor in there, a microphone, but he has to get zipped up. And then once he's zipped up, he's fully autonomous and becomes. You can't see any of the stitching. It's mm. amazing. Yeah. So he becomes this. Moshe. He becomes this entity in the studio that's real and is huge because Lindani is about my size. And if if you put your hand up in the air. Yeah. There's an additional half a meter that goes up from there. So that's how tall the character is. 
The rest of the cast are... And he sweats. I must sweat like a pig. I mean, it must be just awful. <laughs> well, he sweats, he sweats like, summer, he sweats like a... Studios. No, he sweats like a meerkat because his character's <laughs> a meerkat. But that's just a technicality. Um, yeah, and then the rest of us, we... So for my character, uh, it's a hand Muppet. So I put, if you can imagine, I put my hand up in the air mm. and then the Muppet goes over my arm. It fills up the entire of my arm. And then my head is at the bottom of the TV camera and I just... I tuck my head down so that you don't see it. But then I operate the character's mouth with my hand. And when I speak, we've got a radio mic attached. So I've got a a radio mic attached with a headband on my forehead. And then we have monitors because you have to see what you're doing. Yeah. And you know what? The thing is, I think puppetry in this sense for television is is perhaps – can be quite easy if you're just locked into position because then all you're worrying about is character, the performance – and the lip sync. Mm. But what we do is we have the characters move around, carry objects, and and it becomes so complicated from a technical point of view. And the thing is, our job is to, is to make it look easy, but boy, it's not. So, so how much kind of rehearsal do you have to go in in order to ensure that all the technical stuff is taking place before you then shoot? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of technical stuff, and it, it can be funny. And what I found in the show is it can be one element that... <laughs> That holds you back from yeah. completing a scene. It could be just the fact that the character has to pick up something at a certain point or deal with a bowl or something, and you just can't do it. And then you have to find another way to do it. So there are things, moments like that, that it yeah. gets quite frustrating. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Mm. But what's interesting is that your your entire – I mean, I'm thinking – I can't think of all the, all the characters. There's four of you – there's there's a family not a family of four but it is like, yeah there's there's uh, the 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 core cast uh, we call it our, our heritage cast um, uh, is uh, Zikwe Zuzu Kami Elmo and Musha so there's the five mm. of us and we've slowly started adding extra characters as our friends we also have mm. Buzma and Judd uh, we've got a chicken mm. and we have two birds okay three birds <laughs> three birds. And they are hilarious. The birds, I love them. And the actors, there are actors who are operating the birds as well. Yes, absolutely. They've all been trained like I have. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, Kami is the only one of that family of five, the the core heritage group. She has, and that actress has changed. But the rest of you have remained all the way. All the way. We we were all cast in, in, in 1999. And I, I can, t- Michelle, I can tell you that the casting, like I've done a lot of auditions in my life. Right, mm. but I can tell you, Takalani Sesame is the hardest job I've ever had to audition for in my life. We started; I was invited. There were two hundred people that were invited mm. on Monday for four roles. At that point, uh, by the end of Monday, three roles were cast, and there was only Elmo available left to do. Jeez. I got invited back for Tuesday. They were down to sixteen. On Wednesday, it was down to four, and on Thursday, it was down to two of us. And then on Friday, I got the job. <laughs> <coughs> so, wow. Hallelujah for Friday. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> so, Damon, I mean, th- those people that are acting, we've, we've spoken of Lindani. I mean, and they're all the same guys and girls that are working together. I mean, my se- s- they're my second family. Yeah, I wanted to ask. I mean, Sure, they're your family when you're there in the studio, etc. But now these are people that you've now literally grown up with. You've grown up, you've got married, you've had kids. Yeah. You've all grown up, got married, had kids, or whatever the case may be. And how does that work in the real world? Um, 
you know, obviously there are some points where we get we get tense with each other, but we always know that we have to resolve it for the, for the greater good. Mm. And um, it just is the most amazing thing to have the second family. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. I, you, for anybody who comes through to see the show, you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's, you can't, if we we together, it's very hard to get us apart again. Yeah. We just, we get to, we like glue. We like. And are you, um, are you, are you doing the shows live? Uh, we don't do any of the the live shows. We do we do some uh, live events yeah. in which we have to bring the characters out uh, onto stage. But for the most part, it's it's in t- in the in the TV studio. Wow, Damon, your second song is the Assembly when we were kings. Tell mm. us a little bit about that song and uh, why. Yeah. Okay. So I always like to, you know, I, I hate to just like rely on a back catalogue, uh, and I think it's very easy not to go out and search for new music. But I. I just love to like keep on searching for new music. So this yeah. track is a brand new track. It was dropped earlier this month, yeah. and uh, it's uh, a friend of mine called Lebo, yeah. and uh, his band is called The Assembly. So this is his track, When We Were Kings. And we're going to get Lebo um, on the line as well as one of your guests. Awesome. So let's play the track, and then let's get Lebo on the line to chat to him. 9.32, what a freaking fantastic song, The Assembly. And when we were kings, that's your choice, uh, Lebo. We are trying to get uh, the, your choice of your, your friend sing, you, is singing that, Damon. Lebo Mochudu. We, we're actually going to try and get hold of Lebo. We have been trying to get him on the line. but Great. He's, uh, yo, 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 yo. What's interesting, I suppose, about that, I mean, he's, he's one of the Muppeteers, but he's also freaking out there with something Unbelievable. Hey? Well, that's um, that's. Uh, I feel so privileged because I've worked with so many talented people, yeah. and uh, you know, w- working on Takalani, uh, muppeteering is a, is a very particular skill. But uh, quite often, that it crosses over, and I work with talented people who are actors, who are writers, and musicians. And uh, Lebo is an amazing musician and poet. So, who does he play in, in Takalani Sesame? So he he played a, a character called Grover. Uh, so uh, Grover, he was part of a segment with Buzzma and Judd. So Grover is an iconic uh, Sesame Street character. Yeah, uh, he plays that, and also he uh, assists me. So actually, uh, Takalani Sesame goes out in multiple languages. We start, we air SABC two at uh, half past three. Yeah, and Monday it goes out in English, and then Tuesdays Isi Zulu, Wednesdays Sesutu. Uh, Thursday is in Debele, and then Friday is Afrikaans. And Lebo actually helps to to dub Elmo into some of the other languages. Gee, so 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 your these poor characters are being dubbed into a variety of different languages. Well, I'm not saying poor characters, but I'm saying that's just yeah. the work that goes into that is phenomenal. It's it's uh, it's mind-boggling actually, but it's so important because you know kids have to get the message through in in their mother tongue and they have to yeah. be entertained in their mother tongue. So it's 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 an, a vital thing. And luckily, you know, with with muppets, it's quite easy to dub. It's nice. Yeah. It's easy to get There's the no sync mouth. right. Yeah, that little <laughs> There's mouth. There's no lip movement that you got to worry about. You know, but when you when you watch dubbing with adults, you're like, mm, <laughs> I'm being lied to. Yeah. We've got your first guest on the light. Innocent and Clatter is the managing director of Sesame Street International South Africa. Uh, Innocent, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Michelle. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Loud uh, yes. and clear. Good, good morning. <laughs> morning. I, I don't know what to say. Okay, this is Damon. This yes. is not the other fairy guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we've got an we've got an adult in the studio, but I do uh, yeah. I do think yeah. that there might be a little uh, Elmo like uh, flashing around somewhere in uh, the in the studio in as the well. wings in the wings. Yeah. yeah so yeah, morning. As I'm, I'm uh, jangly, uh, it's a Sunday morning here. I'm sitting with my boys, um, Anesu and Wayne. Yeah. We uh, we are about to go to the Comic Con festival. They are all dressed up and. Oh. Uh, who they dressed <laughs> up as? What characters have you chosen? Yeah. Uh, what what character are you dressed like? Uh, well, I'm dressed as a character from an anime that I love. Oh uh, wow! Tyson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Wayne. <laughs> I'm Psyche King from Psyche King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna nod and pretend I know what that is, but yeah, sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> Innocent, um, I was interested to read uh, in your bio that you had, in fact, done a master's in philosophy and human rights. And I thought that was interesting given the work that you guys are doing and having to do. And let's talk about um, the right of children. I mean, if we look at our constitution and that right. Yeah. How uh, are you engaging all the time with not-for-profit organizations and the like to learn from them and then take it into something which is like entertainment but also uh, education as well. I, uh, sorry, Michelle, I lost you a bit there. Can you repeat the last no, part no, of the What I was saying is, is how are you taking um, the, the work that you're doing, which is around human rights, it's around our constitutional right for children yes, and the like, and the kinds of organizations that you're learning from, the not-for-profits that you are learning from, the NGOs, etc., in order to create something as delightful and uh, entertaining, but also thought-provoking and learning uh, on, yeah. uh, on, 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 on Takalani Sesame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Michelle, as you know, uh, I think we quite often we say there is a kid in all of us. Remember, <laughs> this is this is where we all came from. We were yeah. we were once kids at some point, and that kid in us uh, it stays with us for the rest of our lives. And so for me, uh, that's the first part that I really tap into. It's just going back to those early days when I was growing up myself, and just remembering uh, what it is that I really loved as a child. Um, loving to play, loving football, loving the reading of books. I remember in those old days um, when I was uh, as young as uh, 10 years old, I remember uh, I would spend a lot of my time during the day with uh, younger kids grouped around me wanting to listen to me telling stories uh, about the books that I've read and, uh, and so forth. And so... That love of storytelling is something that I just grew up with and I carried it into my adult life, into my professional life. And so um, five years ago, when the opportunity presented itself for me to join Sesame and, um, I, and uh, help with the magic of uh, delivering uh, Takalani Sesame for kids, uh, there was no other answer that I could give. It was just a yes. <laughs> that is opportunity of a lifetime. So, so that's the first thing. It's just that love of storytelling that I grew up with. And so now I have the opportunity to do it for millions of kids. 
Um, with the aid of this powerful, iconic brand called Takalani Sesame. And then, of course, uh, just remembering to your, uh, to your question about human rights, uh, I think you'd remember some time ago, um, Tatama Diba said, education is the most powerful weapon with which you can change your life. Uh, but also some of the things that uh, he said, it's a, it's a right for children. It's not yeah. just a weapon, it's a right for every child. And it is our obligation, it's our responsibility as adults, as parents, as caregivers, to make sure that uh, all children enjoy this right. It's not a privilege, it's yeah. a right that all children are supposed to have. Absolutely. You know, um, and I'll put this question to both of you, Innocent. I was interested when you said um, it's an iconic brand, Takalani Sesame, and I'm delighted that you said that because you could so easily have said it's an iconic brand, Sesame Street. But in fact, in South Africa, the brand that is so iconic. Takalani Sesame. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but what I like, and you're taking that further, is that... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it brings that playfulness got, coming out we've again. We've got music, we've got a band. It's just, it's just fantastic. I love it. What I like is that, and, and this is what, Damon, we were talking about earlier, is that how does one create something which is intrinsically South African when it is seeded by something which is intrinsically American. So oh, I'll start with you, Damon, and then yeah. Innocent, I'd like to take an overarching view on that. Well, the thing is, you know, our, our friends in America have come here to help us make the show, and they've, they, they always put very, very beautiful and talented people in control of the project. Um, and, uh, you know, we, our head writers, for example, uh, are South African, and the, the cast is South African, and there's a lot of work workshops that go into creating these characters. And I can honestly say these characters, they wouldn't have worked. We wouldn't be sitting here 22 years later talking about Takalani Sesame if the show wasn't rooted in South Africa's core values. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so core values would be one thing. Innocent, how would you take that further? Uh, I would say the starting point is, of course, uh, recognizing the fact that um, uh, the show was born out of another iconic show. When the yeah. magic started uh, in 1969, those uh, 50, uh, the, oh, 50, it's 54 years now, um, th there is a reason why that, that um, iconic global program uh, has not just to survived, but made such an impact and a difference in kids' lives yeah. for more than mm -hmm. half a century now. And, and, and that reason is grounded in how the show started. So let me just start, because I'm, I'll get to that point in a moment, mm. but just get a sense of how the show started. In 1969, so this was um, so soon after the new technology of television had just been introduced, and so... There were conversations in families, in communities, wondering what the impact of this new technology was going to be. Some people would say, well, this magic screen is going to keep our children away from playing outside. It will disturb them from doing homework. We can't see anything good coming out of this thing. Yeah. Um, and so our founders um, asked that iconic question themselves as well. They said, hang on, we hear that. 
But is it possible at all that television can be used in a way that it can educate children? Yeah. And so with that question, they sought the assistance of some really generous funders who provided funding to conduct some serious research to answer that question, to find out, is it really actually possible to use this to educate kids? And so when that research was conducted, the answers, obviously, they, they came with a very strong affirmative, and the rest is history, as they were saying, that yeah. led to the launch of Sesame Street. And so now, more than 50 years down the line, we say it's the longest street in the world, and that's because it's now spread to more than 160 countries. And one of those 160 countries, part of that global street today is South Africa. And so how did that happen? So when that happened, so obviously our leaders at the time in South Africa, it was just at the dawn of the new democracy, they were also seeing this this magic. And so they reached out uh, to our founders and said, can we also have this magic for our kids here in South Africa? And so that's how Takalani was born. So... Uh, today, it continues to be really anchored on, on research. Yeah. So that's the key to localizing the program, is conducting research in the local context to understand, to have a deep understanding of the needs of South African children, of South African families. And then once we have understood those needs, we package the show in such a way that it speaks directly to South African children. We structure the show in terms of the characters, as Damien was saying, the, the name of the characters, the look of the characters, that South African children can actually see themselves in the show. Yeah. So it's not, it's not just a foreign show anymore that was just adapted, but they can see themselves, they identify themselves, they can learn from it because it's speaking to things and situations that they encounter in daily life. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm interested is, in what yeah. you say about the research. Yeah. And I'm wondering, um, what kind of research do uh, you do here in South Africa with regard? I mean, you, you, I mean, you do. Uh, there, there's quantitative, qualitative. I'm sure you you do lots yeah. of desktop, but I'm sure you also like check your own kids out and watch them as they watch. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah. Do, what kind of research is being done to support the the brand and also, I suppose, support the SABC and the work that it's doing in education? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. There, there are several types of research that we do. Um, so it ranges from um, uh, everything that we do. We say so it starts with needs assessment. So there's thorough research that we do to understand the needs, as I said earlier on. Yeah. And then next to that, next after that, we do consultative. Uh, so these are consulted, uh, consultations, uh, conversations with yeah. experts with educational experts in South Africa, child psychologists, uh, educationists, and so we convene what we call an educational curriculum seminar where we have focus group discussions and conversations with those experts to gather their insights, to gather their advice uh, and their recommendations on how we should address key children's needs. And then next, after that, we also conduct um, what we call uh, formative research so formative research is when we have actually designed the content itself. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we start by designing some very rough cuts. We call them animatics. Uh, so these are, um, uh, these are not very moving images, but they are animatics. 
um, that kind of outline, the proposed storyline, and then we take those animatics to groups of children. So, so, so in this case, the, the children themselves, they are the master scientists for us. So we take the animatic, <laughs> we conduct... They're your citizen group. scientists. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so we, we, we conduct focus group discussions with the kids, they watch, um, and then we ask them questions, we observe how they interact with the content, and then we take the findings, we go back, we now actually start to develop the actual moving show. Yeah. And with the moving show itself, again, we take it back to more groups of children and parents. They actually watch the rough cuts of the actual show itself. Again, we gather insights and then we take back um, to, uh, to, to finalize the show. And then after the show has, uh, so obviously when we have uh, cooked the show, it airs on television, um, and then after it has aired, in, um, we also conduct um, outbound research or uh, um, um, out outflow evaluation, yeah. uh, where again we consult with kids and families to to get a sense of um, um, the lessons that we intended to them to learn. Did they learn? Did they get this lesson? So we get the feedback from both the children and the caregivers themselves, and then ultimately, finally we conduct impact evaluation. So this one is then asking the question, what difference did it make in children's lives? So, oh, wow. All I know is that I have to come in and play, but that, that seems very similar to that whole process But as you well. see, I don't think, I mean, I listen to you, Innocent, and, I'm, I'm, and, and also, Damon, what you're saying. It's, you don't just come in and play, actually, because <laughs> you, yeah. so I, what I'm in, would you, Damon, like, so the research happens, there's a whole bunch of kids, they've watched um, something and they've all added their 10 cents worth. And you know what? The most amazing thing about kids is that they're the most honest audience you'll ever get in your life. If they don't yeah. like what you're doing, they will tell you. And how will they tell you? Well, they will stop watching the show <laughs> straight <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah. They will watch with their eyes. <laughs> yeah. So so you actually, they would say or they would walk away or they Absolutely. would. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then you say, why aren't you watching the show? Don't you want to see what's happening? So, yeah, that, that's, uh, they are a very rigorous audience, the hardest audience to please. So if you, t if you take that audience and you, you're getting that kind of information. Yeah. Damon, as, as a writer, yeah. what are you freaking having to then like, put into your pipe and smoke given that you now have to change because they're walking away and they're not interested? They, what was it, for example, give us an example of what something that just wouldn't work and how you would then shift it around and make it work as a script? Yeah, um, the, th the thing is there's no particular memory that I can draw on to say that something didn't work because I think our show has been so well researched over, over the years. But uh, it, it really is the, the trick of the show for me is specifically writing to the education. It's hard to be entertaining and also uh, get the information across because mm. it can't just be about the information because it's going to be boring. Mm. So it's always a balance between the creatives and uh, uh, the educational aspect. And the tricky thing about writing on the show is that you come up with this great idea and you're like, yeah. I know the character's going to come in, right? And then there's going to be all these balloons and then what's going to happen? And then immediately <laughs> the educators go, no, you can't do that. No, no. <laughs> balloons aren't safe. So then you're like, but, but, yeah. but it's going to be so much fun. So you always, it's always a battle uh, and you go through multiple drafts. Uh, so in the case of writing for the show, uh, when I'm writing a scene, we will go through at least five drafts of a scene. 
So that's how much work we have to do in order to get it exactly right. I'd love to f- just figure out how mm. many minutes you have to put in and hours you have to put in per minute on TV. I mean, your the, that that ratio must be phenomenally high. It is, but the, the trick is always trying to make it look effortless. Yeah, so, yeah, which you guys absolutely do. Innocent, we're going to close off with you before we go to Damon's second guest. Um, just to note, uh, you do have a new character coming in. Tell us about the character. Uh, the uh, new ta- uh, character on the Takalani show? I th- I t- maybe I've misunderstood this. I thought there was a new character coming in. Um, no. Okay. There's, but okay. There's, there's, yeah. you are going to be doing something with regards to sign language. So it's not a character. It's going to... You're going to do it in sign language. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, so Michelle, as you know, um, Taklani is all about uh, being um, inclusive. Our vision is that um, yeah, all children, as I said earlier on, all children have a right to learn. And by all, we mean all, all, regardless yeah. of their socioeconomic status, uh, their ability status, their yeah. racial status, and, and so on. So in an effort to make sure that we are inclusive of all children, we are going to bring a 12th language, um, uh, an additional language, let me say, an additional language onto Takalani session, yeah. and that's sign language. Uh, in order to make sure that we are inclusive of children who are hard of hearing, um, so we starting that. We actually started that this week with the episodes that were airing in the just um, uh, in the just ended week. Um, every episode will now uh, include, uh, yeah, uh, have a sign language, and so we timed this very specifically in relation to two very important events that are happening in um, Heritage Month, as you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the first is the celebration of International Sign Language um, Sign Language um, uh, Week, uh, which is today is actually the culmination of um, uh, International Sign Language Week. And then the second is, um, as you know, a couple of months ago, um, the government um, or the, the government passed a constitutional amendment um, uh, bill which is proposing to introduce sign language or to formalize rather sign language as the 12th official South African language. So that bill is still out for consultation, uh, hopefully, and uh, we're very optimistic, obviously, because of its importance that it will be passed very soon. But of course, we wanted to take this opportunity in Heritage Month to start celebrating yeah. that by launching those sign language episodes uh, in this uh, in this month. Innocent so, yeah, and we have to leave it there with you. We're going to leave it there with Innocent, uh, Managing Director of Sesame Street International South Africa. We need so much more time. But we have uh, found Lebo Muchudu, who's your second guest. Yay. And we thought, let's just... Let's just close off with Lebo and Damon because I'm, I'm, I feel like there's a, a riffing that might start to happen between the two of you. Lebo, thanks for joining us. <laughs> you better start I'm riffing. Fine, Hello. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. How's it, Damon? How's it? So, so uh, Lebo, I'm kind of intrigued. We just played the assembly earlier. Incredible track, yeah. When We Were Kings. It's still actually yeah. in my mind. I'm sitting here going, When We Were Kings. It's <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished. But but what it, what's what's like intriguing about that is that you here's this guy, he's 
He's a muppet, but he's also man a hardcore rapper. He loves basketball on the fo- on the floor. He's a freestyle dancer, and I'm just wondering if your character Grover ever gets to play in those spaces as well. Are the writers allowing you the freedom? I think we we always have the freedom. Um, I mean, Damon is being very humble, but you know he's a bit of a freestyle gangster himself when it comes to <laughs> the actual show. Don't share my secrets. You know? Come on. <laughs> um, I think there's always that kind of space. I mean, that kind of creative space with those kind of people working with you. There's always that space to, um, you know, to bring ideas and to throw things out during a take that might actually be be um, end up end up going into the final product. Like, yeah, that's actually a brilliant idea. Let's go with that. So yeah, I, I think Grover always has a chance. I I love the idea of Grover and Elmo doing a kind of freestyle rap <laughs> oh, oh that, 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 I, I think they're still, that's still going to happen you think it's going to happen don't tell him don't just don't talk about it mic check one two <laughs> coming through you live come on my boy it's Grover come on <laughs> is, Gro- is Grover around <laughs> Grover's always around. One, two, to my man, Elmo. Here we go. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> you know, uh, it's so beautiful. I love it. Uh, it oh, makes me want to say, hey, guys, I would love to be on that set and just see you guys riffing off each other playing. Do you ever improvise or are you, uh, are you strictly um, held to a script because of the educational aspects? Yeah, we we, yeah, we have this rule on set, you know, that where there's a script, if it ever kind of centers on the educational message, mm. that is written in gold. You can't touch that at all. Mm. So you don't want to affect any of the learning. But any of the other stuff is up for grabs. <laughs> what do you mean by that? What's up for grabs? <laughs> Well, if, it's always about enhancing because when we get the scripts, they're really good. Yeah. It says me as one of the writers. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you always want to improve it wherever you can, even if it's a nuance. So yeah. that's what our job is. So you know what? We, 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 we've kind of run out of time. We've got a couple, no! No, we've got a couple of minutes left, but this is what I'm going to suggest. Could we, um, could we invite Grover and um, Elmo back onto Mike for a minute or two? And then we'll close off with your great track, Lebo, which we uh, are playing in the background. Uh, Elmo, Elmo, they want you. What? But the, I've already come and spoken. You want me again? Phew, you guys are demanding. Elmo, <laughs> do not worry. Do not be scared. They just want to show how beautiful and smart you are. Are you, are you sure, Graver? Because Elmo's got a big feeling about being on the microphone. Alma has a big feeling. Alma's nervous. Ah, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Because Grover is the best microphone user in the whole world. Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> I'll show you everything you need to learn. Ah, thank you, Gravy. You're the best. Big hug. Big <laughs> hug, <Yes>, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Grover, and thank you, Elmo. And uh, I want to say, uh, Lebo, Damon, thank you both for joining mm. us in the studio. It's oh, been it's such an honor insightful to be here. Thank as, you. As Kutwano, um, who's one of our presenters on the station, says, 
I love the guest presenter and the show. So engrossed, I even took the wrong off-ramp. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Having seen the Muppets in action, I agree that they are all skilled performances and the proof is in their longevity. And I think that that truly oh. does uh, say, someone else also saying, so nice to hear about um, the Takalani Sign Language. Thank you so, so much for that. And I do think that uh, you're right. To bring in a 12th language, at a time when it's it's exclusionary if it's not there. Well done to you guys. Damon Berry, mm. Lebo Machuru, thank you so much for joining us. Thank we really you. appreciate thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Time. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We're going to give you one more minute of the great track <laughs> by the Assembly. Sodden with a seed, girth trodden by greed, who threatened to usurp all that she breathes. Her daughters to the slaughter they lead, come in her innocence. Chisel the facial features, adjusting her image in. It's lightness, faceless, irons with muskets. Gunpowder settles atop the stain of injustice. Uh, we masquerade the shame, this is the monster's ball. We two step in with the devil with his condom off. And fuck a pause, for everything they conned us off. Silent midly for my ancestry to sob up off. Closing off out of there, thank you so much to the team. Don't forget the lovely KG is up next at 10 o'clock. We are out of here. It's no longer good morning. It is now goodbye.